Welcome to Sherry's Playhouse. Please sit back and enjoy the show. The Men Within the Clouds, a radio play by Sherry Rabinowitz. A train is standing with clouds of steam surrounding it. It slowly changes into a ball of colored lights. Coming out of the ball is a thin man in a dark suit. He climbs the stairs into the Pullman coach and walks down the hall into a second-class compartment with four people in it. Act One, Scene One. One couple is arguing quietly in a corner, and two are sitting across from each other, trying hard not to look at each other. As Harry takes a seat across from the arguing couple, he can't miss that the two people across from each other know each other quite well. His eyes twinkle, and he shakes his head as he pulls out a book. The train jerks as the engines pull out of the station, and the arguing couple grimace at each other, and then turn to face the middle of the compartment. Both are staring at the floor. Hmm. About time this thing started, we have been waiting 15 minutes. I have a good mind to complain to the line. No, it has not. It's only been a few minutes, hasn't it? She looks to the other woman to back her up. I'm sorry. I was not paying any attention to it. It has been 10 minutes. I'm a bit obsessed with time myself. Do you know each other? Are you going on a trip together? No. My wife and I are here together. We don't know anyone else here. How do you know? This nice lady might be in my bridge club or reading group. Because you would have used her name when you addressed her, or said it now when you threw her in my face. Well, are you not the great detective? I'm surprised you're not using a magnifying glass to look around for clues. Oh, I am sorry. I didn't mean to start an argument. I was merely curious. George snorted and pulled out his paper. He hid behind it, much to the annoyance of his wife. Harriet growled as she pulled out her crochet work, and with every thread, she looked like she was poking her husband. Harry smiled at the other two people and began to read his book again. Who are these people? I don't know either. Richard, how did we... Bring your voice down. We're not supposed to know each other. But why? We didn't do anything wrong. We are both free, single, and over the age of consent. Shh. Fine. Elise is hurt. She picks up a fashion magazine and holds it up to read it, covering her face from Richard. Richard growls, turning away from Elise. He grabs his work and sorts the pages into order so he can read them. Harry smiles at the couple knowingly and shakes his head. He looks at Richard and clears his throat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Would you like to change seats with me so you can speak to the young lady without having to bend over the middle of the carriage like that? I, uh, I'm, well... I am not acquainted with the young lady. You were whispering to her. I was just asking if she has a book that I may borrow. Elise stiffens. Her lovely mouth straightens to a thin line, which she's pressing so tight it's turning white. 
She shuffles the pages of her magazine so hard she almost rips a page out. Richard peeks over his papers and mouths. I'm sorry. Elisa's lips shape a slight smile and she shrugs and nods. Um, sir, it's very kind of you to ask. I would like to change seats if that's all right. Well, of course. I'm always happy to oblige. I am happy to make things easier to communicate. Thank you, sir. It is very kind of you. Harry and Richard change seats. Now the young couple are alone on their side of the carriage. After they settle into their seats, Elise looks at the man across from her. For a second, he looks like he has a mask across his eyes, but she realizes it's the light from the window as they come out of a tunnel. Sir, where are you going? I am going to my destination, of course. I realize that, of course, but where is your destination? Where I am going? Do you have to answer in a riddle? We're confused. We don't remember coming onto this train, and we have no idea where we're going. The older couple who are arguing about being so close together on the seat stops and looks at Elise. That's funny. We don't know either. And other than these overnight bags and Harriet's purse, we don't seem to have any luggage. I can't tell you how strange that is for my wife. Well, thank you, George. You always have to throw me under the bus. Um, excuse me. The, the thing I notice is how old-fashioned this carriage is. It's not a modern train compartment at all. It's prettier. And we don't understand how we came here. We have no memory till we stepped on the train. And we do know each other very well. We've been dating a whole year. But you know how people are. <laughs> do I? I think my wife should win the Gossip of the Year award. Shut up. Harry puts his book in his pocket and smiles at them. None of you remember anything except for your partner? They all nod, and Harry shrugs. I wonder why. But you have to. Act 1, Scene 2. Morning dawns, and both couples are asleep. Harry is just outside the cabin speaking to a conductor in an old-fashioned wagon-lit conductor uniform. That might be confusing for our audience, since our couples and Harry are dressed in present-day clothes, but each piece of this intricate puzzle will be revealed. Harry is arranging the first one. The conductor comes in with covered trays. All the couples blink awake and are delighted when they see their all-time favorite breakfast before them. This is delightful. Thank you. I love mixed melons in a bowl like this. I love pancakes with lots of maple syrup. Cinnamon toast. I can't remember the last time I had it, but I love it. Thank you. Mmm, eggs and bacon and both cooked just how I like them. 
the bacon crisp and the eggs scrambled. I, I say, how did you know we liked these at all? Well, I didn't. The conductor brought them. You must have filled out a card with your preferences. Uh, if we did, I don't remember it at all. <laughs> Nor I. No, I don't either. I didn't fill out anything. At least I don't remember it. Harry shrugged and sat down to his breakfast of two hard-boiled eggs. Suddenly, the room seemed to become bright. A beautiful woman walked in. She was ageless, and you couldn't quite pin down what she looked like, except that she was stunningly beautiful. She smiled sweetly, pointing to the extra seat in the car. I am so sorry. I know the car is full, but I've been told there is one more seat. Would anyone mind? Richard and George stood up speaking at the same time. No, no of course, course not. not. They glared at each other and tried again. We'd, We'd be, be delighted. Kara smiled sweetly and nodded genteelly toward the men. The two women glared at her, but said nothing. Where are you going, ma'am? From my departure point, of course. I am to make a pickup of two. Do you have any pickups, Harry? Harry smiled at his friend and said, Yes, I have a pickup of two as well. That is nice. What were you all discussing before I barged in? Our breakfast. Excuse me, miss, but what do you mean a pickup? What are you picking up and where? Harris had a mouthful of water from a carafe. She pointed at it and shrugged. Excuse me, Harry, but how do you know this lady? Oh, we are old friends. We sometimes work together. This time, we are just going in the same direction. Why does everything that comes out of your mouth sound like a riddle? I'm sorry if I'm being rude, but it is most annoying. Oh, I am very sorry to annoy you, Richard, but I have my code and my own job, and I have to do it my way. Now, why don't we just sit back and enjoy our breakfast? one. George and Harriet were dozing. Richard was reading a science fiction novel and Elise was knitting. Harry and Karis were in the hall discussing the difficult next step. What are you going to say? I have no idea. This is always hard. Two of them are so young. You can't save two of them. I have deep compassion for all of them. Could you? Karis nodded, and a mist surrounded them. Her eyes were closed, and from the folds of her loose-fitting cloak, two large wings rise. Her hair lifts from her head and piles high, and a beautiful golden crown appears, and in her hand is a scepter, which she rises to the roof of the train. 
There's beautiful music filling the train and what looks like gold dust flies around them. Suddenly, Harry becomes what he is, a true Harlequin. His model clothes are dazzling and his face is now masked and on his head a hat of many colors. This effect lasts for less time than it takes me to describe it to you, but it is unforgettable. It will be life-altering for the passengers. I know. Yes? George and Harriet. It is their time. Harry nods. He lifts her hand and kisses it. Will you be their guide, or shall I? I will. You still must guide the young lovers. <laughs> Humans in love are foolish, aren't they? Oh, very. The loneliest people can be those who are in love if they don't open their hearts and feel it in their soul. Act 2, Scene 2 George and Harriet find themselves alone in the car. They're surprised because Richard and Elise were just there. George stands up and looks out into the corridor and finds it empty, too. Where the devil have they gone? They could have said goodbye. They haven't left. They're still in the compartment. You two left. Do you remember dozing off? They held on to each other tightly, fear clear on their faces as they nodded. There is no need to fear. You're just taking the next step in your journey. You don't mean... No, please. I am the goddess of death, and you are on the first leg of your journey. Do I look scary? No, but I learned never to trust appearances, and if you're the goddess of death, that means we are damned? Oh, only humans can think of all these strange ideas. Everything is much simpler than in your legends and beliefs make it. Judgment is not a given. That is a human idea. You are just going on the next leg of your journey. All is well. Don't you feel better, George? Your legs are not stiff and your back doesn't hurt. Your heart is not pounding at whatever you walk, unless it's pounding in fear. And there is no need to fear me. Touch me. She raises her hand to George, and he closes his eyes. How do you feel? Peaceful. Does that mean he is going and I am not? I don't want him to leave me. Uh, please! We argue, but we deeply love each other. Please don't separate us. I'm not. Harriet, do you not see better? The blindness which has been slowly taking your sight, it's gone. Well, yes. And your hearing? Normal like it was. So you see, my darlings, you're both coming. Take my other hand, Harriet, and we will begin. The three of them walked to the door of the compartment, then out of the train, a mist rising around them, and they're gone.
Scene 3. Where is everyone? I don't know. I'm going to sit next to you. No one is here, and I'm so scared. Richard held out his arms, and she went to him, burying her face in his chest, and started to cry. He brought her onto his lap, held her close, kissing her face, and softly stroking her hair. It is time you two accepted that love is the only true thing in the universe. You two have true love. Do you know how rare that is? Stop worrying how other people react to it. Hold on to each other as you are now. This is what life is all about. Elise lifted her tear-stained face, and Richard looked at him very unsure what to think. What do you mean? You two are on this train because of pure fear. Fear of love. Fear of loneliness. Fear of ridicule. Fear of judgment. You tied yourselves into so many knots that you arrived here. Do you know you could have ended up like Romeo and Juliet? Only your maturity and true love saved you. You both now know there is nothing wrong with how you feel about each other. Don't you, my children? Yes. I, I, I figured it listening to Harriet and George. Are they... They are on the next leg of their journey, and they have no fear. It is time for you to go back and start living your life as you should live it, in love and in joy. You mean we're free to go? Oh, this is not a prison. This is, think of it as a way station. You weigh your options here. <laughs> oh, oh, forgive me. That was a silly play on words. But one must find joy where you can. Even I do. But what, what do we do? Where do we go? Just get up and disembark. All will be well, my children. You can trust me. I do. I have been scared by everything, but you never scared me. I wonder why. You know who I am. That is all. Okay. Everyone who is getting off the train, now is the time. Richard stands up and takes his love's hand, leads her slowly out of the compartment and out of the train. They don't look back as they step back into reality. Unusual group of passengers. Usually we have a lot more to deal with, Harry. Yes, it was rather sweet. Four people who loved each other and who were meant to be together no matter what. Peaceful. Where is Karis? Doing her job. Would you like something before the next group? Oh, some dinner. Of course. Anything special? Oh, surprise me. <laughs> As if. The end. 
We hope you've enjoyed the show. Our cast of players have been Sherry Rabinowitz as Karis, Jay Wall as Harry, Raymond Brent as George Burns, Michelle Foster as Harriet Burns, Hugh Regalado as Richard Christopher, Janae Ray Spano as Elise Rose, Paul English as the train conductor, and as your narrator, I'm Mo McAhan. Hi, this is Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to our radio play, The Man Within the Clouds. I'm really happy that you listened to it all the way to the end and through the cast credits and the music and everything came to little me. We are having a promotion right now that if you're one of my patrons and you go up to the next level, or if you're a new patron, you get a chance to come to a cast party. It's going to be like a raffle. And the people who uh, do this uh, step will get to meet the cast online so you can be anywhere in the world and chat with them and ask them questions and they'll talk to you about whatever and so it's really fun our cast parties are always fun but I have a secret for those people who listen to the radio play tonight if you join my patron you get a one-on-one with myself and the lead actor Jay Wall who plays Harry and believe me you want to have fun with Harry uh, Jay well pretty interchangeable Jay's a bit of a harlequin uh, it's really fun and we're going to just chat the three of us uh, or if it's a couple the four of us whatever um, it's going to be again a raffle only one person will be the winner And you have to have listened to the play. So, so if you join, you have to put in the code word Sherry Chat, smushed together. And Sherry is spelled S-H-E-R-R-I, and then chat spelled like chat, C-H-A-T. And you either put it into your membership to join us, the code word, or... Put, uh, send me a message after you join with the code word in it. And like I said, this will uh, be a raffle. This will be only one person. Or if you're a married couple or a couple together or whatever, uh, it could be a couple. But it's going to be fun, especially with Jay. He's very funny. And he's uh, <laughs> when he's not restricted to a script, you never know what he's going to say. So it's really worth it. So that's it. Please try it out. And thank you so, so much for listening to our radio play, for supporting Sherry's Playhouse. This is our fifth season, and we're very, very happy that people are enjoying it and listening, and we get a lot of really nice feedback. So I want to thank you. And I especially want to thank my patrons for supporting us, because without you, it would be very difficult to do the show. So, thank you for listening to Sherry's Playhouse and taking part.